the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, The Finance Ghost and Mohamed Nala. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. In addition to our weekly free show that you know and love, we have now launched Magic Markets Premium, a weekly show for our subscribers in which we give detailed analysis on global stocks. Every premium show is accompanied by a report covering the company's strategic drivers, its operating environment, its competitors, bull versus bear case, technical trading indicators, and a long-term investment thesis. At just 99 Rand per month, we are committed to making institutional-level analysis affordable for all investors and traders. Visit magic-markets.com to go premium and unlock your full potential in the markets. Welcome to episode 78 of Magic Markets. It's just Mo and I tonight. Once a month is pretty much a show of just the two of us. We get to hear from Anbro, Westbrook and Herenia throughout the month. And then uh, Mo and I think of what we want to talk about sort of every four weeks. So Mo, I think tonight we're going to chat about some of the stuff we've covered in Magic Markets Premium, some of the things we've learned and found really interesting. So it's a nice overview of these sort of trends and insights from the US market that we find when we're doing this detailed bottom-up research that we do inside Premium. Yeah, go. Sometimes it's really nice, and it's it's not really shooting the breeze. It's really to allow some of our listeners who aren't yet inside the Magic Markets Premium ecosystem as subscribers to sometimes have a look at what we think about inside there. I think it's a nice way for people to get familiar with the show, uh, and hopefully we see you inside as subscribers as you see the value of the broader ecosystem. I mean, this week we just covered Airbnb, and that was as a direct result of some feedback we got from one of our subscribers who said, hey guys, this is a stock I'm looking at. Is it something on your radar? It was actually on our radar, so we were quite happy to dust that off, bring it in. So, you know, really excited to be having this chat with you, Ghost, uh, and also to share that with some of our listeners who are not yet subscribers. Something I want to point out that I'm particularly proud of is the Premium Library now has 31 shows and reports and podcasts in it, including Airbnb this week. It's been a really cool journey. And I think from our side, you know, we feel like since we launched, I think it was in November last year, the tech, we've kind of figured out we're happy with it. The content, we're very happy with the strategy there. People like it. And so we're really ready to grow the platform now. We're kind of coming out of this beta phase. We're now ready to scale this thing and bring a lot of new subscribers in, which is uh, super exciting. And something we've also done is a, is a number of uh, recap shows. For us, that feedback loop, that credibility is critical. You know, we're not shy to say when we got something wrong, which everyone has at some point. And I, I mean, I got grenaded over 20% in gold fields today. So there's a local example of something I got run but unfortunately they went off and announced a huge M&A deal and uh, the market didn't like it so my one gold stock that was doing decently mo has now fallen back into the swamp with all the others you'll be thrilled to know as someone who just holds the commodity and I can see you smiling anyway back to premium so I mean we've covered a really cool variety of sectors I think eh? we've done consumer tech property retail we've even done toys I think that's one of the things we enjoy the most is we get to just pick each week what we want to do, you know, and it's not really driven by anything else other than, as you say, when our listeners will send through a request for something as cool as Airbnb, which we jumped onto this week. Yeah, I think there's always a good congruency between sometimes what our listeners are looking for versus what we're covering. And I just want to stress as well, you know, we we cover stuff that's topical. It's not necessarily something that we think is a buy or something that we think is a sell. And this is an educational process. It's educational for us. It's educational for our listeners and our subscribers as well in that we take you through the full analysis that we do on a stock. And that's going to be top down, bottom up, technical analysis as well. And we wrap that into the product. Now, why do I say that is that 
quite often it's stocks that have reported recently. So we go and have a look at the most recent results. It's something that might be in the news for a different reason, whether that's M&A or otherwise. And so, you know, that for me is quite interesting in that it's it's played itself to allowing us to look at all of the sectors. We, I mean, at the end of the day, the U.S. markets, We I say U.S. markets, this is a global stock focus with a South African flavor. Global markets are just so massive. It's the reason why we decided to look at global stocks rather than just focusing on South African stocks, because you get a really nice micro niche within certain subsectors that allows you to get into the nitty gritty and truly understand some of the investment narrative, the investment case, investment thesis behind some of the stocks. And that's what's been so super exciting for me is that it's it's our ability to share our own learning experience, our own journey with our listeners. And, and one last point I just wanna raise here, Ghost, before we actually get into some of the nitty gritty, is that sometimes, and I've said this time and time again on, on our free show as well, it's you can do as much analysis as you want, but sometimes there's a behavioral element to it, this emotion that gets in the way. There's the fact that something might be on your watch list, but when it comes to the time of buying it, you don't do it. Or when it comes to the time of selling it, you don't do it. And we can share some of those journeys with our listeners as well, because certainly no one's infallible. This is not us telling you how to go out there and YOLO your way into all of these trades. It's about sharing real life lived experience through not just the last 31 shows, but through our last 15 plus years in markets. Yeah, we tried to eat our own cooking, but sometimes we just miss dinner time entirely, unfortunately. This is the joys of being a, a founder of a startup or a couple of startups. Sometimes you don't keep as close an eye on some of those uh, levels as you should. So, for example, I missed Zoom. I was so sure that if it dropped into the 80s, it would bounce. It's exactly what happened. And then I missed it dropping into the 80s. So, you no, know, it's, it's a bit depressing when that happens. But also take a lot of heart from you know getting some of the stuff right, which is cool. So most something I've really enjoyed is getting to know some of these huge global brands. And they're not all known in South Africa. So Nike, for example, everyone knows. But Lululemon, I honestly had never heard of until we actually went and did the show. And what I discovered was this is an incredible consumer business. I think Lululemon must have one of the best business models of any of the stocks we've looked at. I really was so bullish on this thing other than the ridiculous valuation, which proven to be correct. But what's really interesting is that Nike has lagged Lululemon this year. So even though Lululemon was coming off an even higher multiple and an even bigger and more ghastly valuation, and many of those companies have been killed in this bear market, hasn't actually happened this year. You know, Lululemon's actually proven to be more defensive than Nike, which I found interesting. Yeah, it's interesting in that I was I was also going past a Lululemon store just the other day. And I, I almost want to start taking pictures outside of each of these things because, you know, I live up here in North America. So these are real lived brands. You know, I, I get the benefit of going to kick the tires and check out what does a Lululemon yoga studio look like, you know. Mo, if you start taking photos at a Lululemon yoga studio, I'm going to be bailing you out of Canadian <laughs> jail and I do not have enough dollars yeah, so to do that. So that's probably a Maybe that's idea. not such a good idea, but you know, I, I could be telling people that I'm doing research, but I don't think that's... <laughs> I don't think that's going to fly. It's certainly not going to fly with my wife, who's going to be like, why are you taking pictures at a Lululemon yoga studio? But I mean, I think that's something that we try and bring to the party here in, in Magic Markets Premium, is that I think almost every business that we cover is a business that I have had some sort of exposure to. You know, for example, just this last weekend, I was at a strip mall, at an outlet mall that is owned by Simon Property Group. And that's a stock that we've covered as well. You know, and we'll, we'll chat a little bit about that as well. But 
you know, I've, I've had the ability to kick the tires on some of those, to understand some of those brands. And another great example, Mo, is your Kirkland water that you're busy drinking while we're recording here, which is a Costco private label product. So yes, you know, this is the advantage of having you on the ground though. We get to understand this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I laugh, right? So, so, so even that, right? I was, I was drinking Nestle water, which is a show that we covered as well. So I was drinking Nestle water and then we covered Costco and we found out that a lot of the guys behind Kirkland, which is the private label at Costco, are actually the larger manufacturers and it's just a different label on it. So when you switched, is that what finally got you across the line? eh? uh, That and the fact that I want to make sure that if you bought Costco that you actually make some money, Ghost. So... (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, th- thank it's, you. It's it's really that. It's it's the ability to kick the tires, to bring some on the ground perspectives to investors in our home market in South Africa. I'm from South Africa, you're from South Africa, and so we're sharing some of that. Because quite often it's one thing hearing from a voice you don't know. It's another thing hearing from a voice that looks at this with a South African lens as well as a global lens. Yeah, absolutely, Mo. That's exactly what we try and do. I think you always use the Nando's example, hey? Global perspectives with a bit of spice, a bit of South African spice and flavor. That's our that's our game. So Lululemon's about to report, 2nd of June. So by the time this goes out, I think that's later this week, Lululemon's results, yeah, on Thursday. That's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on. I want to see how the revenue is holding up in this environment. I think the results might actually be decent, to be honest. They've got a really loyal customer base that seems to have plenty of disposable income. You know, those same people booking holidays on Airbnb are buying Lululemon yoga pants. That's the truth of it. And I can't wait to see what those numbers look like. I don't have a position in the stock, but I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Nike, on the other hand, lots and lots of pressure on inventory levels. And obviously Nike's just, it's going to sound crazy, it's just a less resilient business model, I think, than Lululemon because there's just more competitors. Yes, Nike's a wonderful brand, but it's not that super premium, very niche, you know, it's not the Ferrari of yoga pants, which is really what Lululemon is. And Nike's facing a lot of headwinds around return on equity, free cash flow, being tied up in inventory. I'm seeing it in local company reports as well in South Africa. Balance sheets are growing in a big way because of inflation and because of supply chain issues. Cash is getting trapped on the balance sheet as opposed to going to shareholders. And that's an issue for companies like Nike, for example. Yeah, and... It's also, I think, a caution against just the power of the big brands. I mean, Nike is a big brand. Lululemon may be a little less known. But let's almost segue from that into another big brand that we had covered, which was Starbucks. You know, we had covered Starbucks. It's a great example of food and coffee brand. That's down almost 33% this year. Now, at the time we covered it in Magic Markets Premium, some of the analysts were very bullish, and they were calling for a share price of over $100 a share. And it was trading around 88 and we certainly didn't buy the story there. We had raised some very important points. So for example, the unions, the battle Starbucks was having with the unions was something I was seeing in a very real sense up here on the ground in North America. And we said, you know, we thought the stock could drop into the 70s quite easily as inflation ate into wages and as some of those union pressures started to manifest. And the stock's down at 78 now. So I think that kind of perspective is certainly very interesting because it does allow you to even, if you're looking at it from an investment perspective or from a tactical perspective, it's why we do the recaps on the show as well, is that sometimes the price action evolves. You go through some of the identified support and resistance levels, and then it's certainly warranted to look through it again, whether we were right or wrong, that's not really the point. The point is markets are evolving and as it evolves, we need to stay on top of it uh, in terms of not just our views, but how we execute on some of those views. Starbucks is a brand that has traveled to South Africa. I saw one just the other day. I mean, they are starting to crop up quite often, obviously in more premium areas. Um, So yeah, really interesting to see what's happening there. And another brand that we certainly get 
the snack side of in South Africa is huge. Not so much the drinks, it's PepsiCo. So the snack side is Lay's, Doritos. Everyone has that. Pepsi as a drink, I mean, Coca-Cola absolutely dominates in South Africa, no question about it. But we highlighted PepsiCo when we did it as a company that we thought was reasonably well-placed for inflation. Now, I've done a lot of writing recently around how I think food producers have a really tough time at the moment, and they do. They get squeezed by retailers all the time. But guess what? The baked beans, no one really cares what the label is. Sorry, food producers. But I care a lot about blue Doritos. And if I'm going to destroy my body at a braai, I'm going to do it in style, and I'm going to do it with the flavor that I want, which happens to be generally blue Doritos. So, you know, the point is that this kind of stuff is a lot more defensive, actually, in a time of inflation. PepsiCo's only down 3.4% this year, which actually makes it wonderful compared to what most of the market has done. It's never nice when everything's down, but obviously some, some things are down far more than others. And PepsiCo is a business that does sort of 10% to 12% a year over time. It's a nice core compounder in a portfolio. It's something you can kind of just add to, and especially in a bit of a downturn, you know, buy it and forget about it. So it's a good example of a company we've done that is maybe a little bit boring, but is ultimately a pretty good underpin in any portfolio, really. So Ghost, I'm, I'm so glad you raised that because I often get abused for being the boomer between the two of us, right? And ironically, the boomer stocks have done relatively okay. I mean, you, you indicate PepsiCo, something quite interesting before I even move on to my next boomer stock, which is one of my favorite that we actually covered in Magic Markets Premium. But before we go there, what is interesting for me around PepsiCo is that up here in Canada, there was a dispute between one of the largest retailers, Loblaw Group, and PepsiCo. And so for a series of, I think it was almost two months, you could not buy your Doritos or your Lay's, anything Frito-Lay, you could not buy at Loblaw's. And what's interesting to your point about people being sensitive about specific brands is that meant I went to shop at a competitor. I took my entire grocery basket and went to shop at a competitor because my daughter wanted the blue Doritos. So that's something that's quite interesting. And that's what we try and highlight in premium as well, is that sometimes there are these common themes that come through. You know, from PepsiCo, we then looked at a retailer. We've covered Walmart fairly recently as well. And we unpack some of the themes there. And in unpacking Walmart, you know, we made reference to a show, and this is the one that I like, the Boomer Stock, the show we did on Visa. Visa is one of my favorites because it's the credit card company. It's ubiquitous. It's all over the world. And what we raised in the Walmart show was the fact that Visa shareholders make almost as much money out of Walmart as Walmart shareholders. Despite the fact that Walmart's this mega business selling you all of the merchandise, Visa's just there for the end, the transaction, the swipe, and they just make that much money. So there was something interesting where it allows us to blend this library that we've built. And again, for those of you that are not yet inside our subscription model, for those of you that are not yet subscribers to Magic Markets Premium, there's a library of 31 stocks there. You know, you can go and have a look at any of those. If you subscribe today, you have access to the full library. But going back to Visa, Visa really has this very strong travel underpin. You know, it's 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 this left field play off on inflation. It's a it's a play on the travel rebound. And Visa's also only down around 3.7% this year. But if memory serves, Ghost, I know because I bought the stock when we covered it in Magic Markets Premium, you know. Uh, I, I added to my position and I'm actually up from when we had covered the stock. It was around 190 odd dollars and the stock's still above 200. So from the time we covered it, which was the latter part of last year to where we are now, that stock's actually up. And it's one that I like in my portfolio, that I own in my portfolio, and that I continue to be quite comfortable with in the context of a broader market that's been down around 20% over the same time period. 
Yeah, it's such an important point. I mean, we've taken some criticism from a couple of people saying, oh, you know, you guys are always negative, you're always bearish. Well, the stuff that we liked is down 3%, and a lot of the stuff that we didn't like is down 40%. So I'm happy with that. And that's how markets work. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. Stonks, as people called it in the pandemic, don't always go up. You know, FinTwit is a much quieter place this year. A lot of people have just disappeared, you know, and taken their one stock YOLO portfolios with them. So bluntly, real asset allocation, real investing is about saying no a lot and about saying yes a bit. And I think that's part of what we offer in premium is, you know, that kind of real world institutional thinking. This is not about YOLO trading, definitely not. So Mo, the other one I want to chat about while we have the opportunity here is Simon Property Group. It's the first time we covered a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust. Uh, the JSC is full of these kind of property funds. And of course, uh, you know, any market is really. Property lends itself very well to the listed market because it needs lots and lots of capital and it generates nice regular yield, which pension funds and institutional investors really like. So we covered Simon Property Group as the first REIT. It's very much focused on US retail and specifically more premium malls, which is really important actually, because there are quite a lot of malls in the US that are basically the walking dead. You know, There's just too much retail space up there and that's a problem. So you know, in an inflationary environment, people tend to like property because it offers a yield and it offers growth. Something to be careful of, though, something you raised on the show, is that spread between the yield on the REIT and government bonds. And it's something that's really important to watch. So, you know, we had a look at Simon, but the yield curve is still a concern for us. It's something that I've added to my watch list, definitely. I'm, you know, if I wanted global property exposure, although Simon's very US focused, but if I wanted that kind of offshore property exposure, let me rather say. But in truth, I think if I'm looking for a defensive play right now, ironically, I almost think Visa, PepsiCo, actually more defensive than a Simon property group at the moment, but we'll see how that plays out this year. Yeah, look, I, I think undoubtedly, I I, th I hold Visa. I also hold Simon Property Group, and in fact, I I added Simon Property Group again following the show. What's interesting is that you and I were chatting to the guys at Easy Equities a little while ago, and we were discussing REITs and the role REITs play in a portfolio. And on that show, I'd actually specifically reference that I like REITs as a fairly large asset allocation in my broader, longer-term core portfolio. And for example, you could always throw in an ETF in the REIT space saying, okay, it's a mega trend, it's a macro trend that I wanna incorporate and I wanna hold this. And then once you do the detailed on the ground work, you can redeploy some of that capital into specific stocks. So for those of you that aren't necessarily looking at stock specific trades or adding specific stocks, that's how I, I've done it in the past. So I've added an ETF because I want exposure to a trend and thereafter, once I've done some homework, you know, I'll add a specific position or just rotate out of the ETF into a specific stock. So Ghost, I know you're not that keen. I've added to Simon because a lot of my REIT stocks that are in the industrial space or the data centers, those have all run so, so hard. And as a result, if you look at your yields on those, those have compressed a lot. So they're down at around 2%. A 2% yield in hard currency when US treasuries are giving you the same thing, that's not attractive. Simon, when we looked at it, was around the 6% mark. Depending on your view on the stock, there's still some, some flex in that. And so I was quite happy to say, hey, this goes in the long portfolio as well. Let's see how it plays out. Okay, Mo, so last company. I'm going to let you take this one because, you know, I'm thinking back to your Santon days of slick suits, nice fast car, good, you know, great sunglasses, the whole shebang. I mean, you, you know, you were a lost talent for Top Gun. I, I think if they knew about you, they might have included you in the latest movie. And uh, we covered Lockheed Martin, which is the jet manufacturing company. So, you know what, why don't you take us through that one? I'll let you live your Top Gun dream. This is about the closest. Mine was more of a Top Gear dream. So we both had to just dream. Uh, but uh, you can get a bit closer today than I have. Yeah, Ghost, I'll take the abuse because I think 
if, if this weren't a podcast, I'd wear my aviator sunglasses, you know, I'd have that, that whole look going. I don't have Tom Cruise's great hair. So unfortunately, you know, that's the reason why we're not going to show anyone pictures of this podcast. I mean, you don't have anyone's great hair. Yeah, that's true. I that's have no, no great hair. But Lockheed Martin, this was a stock, again, going back to why we covered it, uh, probably for all the, the, the worst reasons, right? Uh, given the global backdrop, you know, there's countries at war with one another. And we said, why don't we look at Lockheed Martin? For those of you not familiar with Lockheed Martin, they are a massive arms manufacturer in the US. Uh, if you have seen Top Gun, if you've seen the F-16s and the F-22s and the F-35s, the fighter jets, that's Lockheed Martin's business. Uh, they are one of the largest, if not the largest, contractor to the US Department of Defense. So we said it's topical. Let's cover it. You know, we're certainly not advocating that you go and invest in arms and munitions. We understand some people may have the ethical constraints around that. We said this is an interesting business. So let's unpack it. Let's look at how do they make money? What are the pressure points? And what is very interesting for us? I mean, as we stand right now, Lockheed Martin's up almost 25% this year for all of those bad reasons we spoke about. You know, there's conflict in the Ukraine. There's the tensions between China and the US. Uh, defense budgets are going to go in one direction. They're going to go up. And that's bad news unless you're an investor in some of these sectors. So certainly since we've covered the company, it's gone sideways. But if we looked at our own analysis of it, when we covered it, we said, this is great. Some of the upside was already priced in. And we said that it looked fully priced, maybe even a little expensive at those levels. In fact, from when we covered it, it's actually down very marginally. So quite interestingly, Ghost, and I think this is key to our listeners, to our subscribers, is as we cover the stocks, we always stress one critical point. You may have a great business. You may have a great business. You may love the business story. You may like the business and it might actually even make money. But you've got to look at what is the price that you are paying for that business. And that's the reason why we don't just look at the story. We don't just look at the macro narrative. We look at it from bottoms up perspective as well. Does it make money? Tick that box. If it makes money, that's great. What are you paying for it? We look at a valuation metric and then we assess is this something worth having in the portfolio? And what's quite critical for me goes, I want to almost end up on this just in, in the interest of time, is that one of the most important aspects for me personally of the Magic Markets premium experience as I go through it, as the person doing the research, is the competitor analysis. Because what I do is I might say, there's a great story in Lockheed Martin. And then in the competitor analysis, I go and I pull up other competitors like Northrop Grumman or people that do satellites, for example, and I may want to play a different angle on the same macro theme that was identified. I may find a company that makes as much money, but it isn't as richly valued as the company that hits the headline. And that for me personally has been the most valuable uh, angle, the most valuable perspective of Magic Markets Premium. What about you, Ghost? I mean, the closest I get to Maverick and Top Gun is Daily Maverick that I write for. So uh, we'll have to keep living that dream and just researching jets and, and seeing that online. You know, for me, Mo, yeah, I just enjoy the whole thing, to be honest. I mean, uh, what we're showing people is we're showing people what a real research process looks like. That's ultimately what it is. And it's our own research that we are busy doing anyway, you know, that we are keen to share with people and learn from not just each other, but also from our audience. You know, we love getting feedback on the show and we do. We sometimes get some really, really cool insights into something we've covered. I mean, we've been able to, in some cases, test a show with an expert in the industry. We can't really mention who it is, but, you know, it's it's fantastic when we can actually do that and, and, and really get a sense of, you know, whether we're on the right track or not. So I think for me, Magic Markets Premium is is something I'm insanely proud of, genuinely, very excited to watch this thing grow now. And I think the most important thing is it's sustainable insights. You know, 
when I was a finance student, I would have killed to be able to get something like this for 99 bucks a month. Would have been an absolute no-brainer. There's no question. You know, it's a couple less drinks a month and you're getting insights that, you know, you're paying gazillions for at university and, and this is really high quality stuff. So from that all the way up to people who are trading, investing, there's just such a wide use for it. So I would just encourage those who have enjoyed our podcasts, enjoy, you know, the vibe between us, the banter between us, the fun we have and the insights we bring. Check out magic-markets.com. You would have done that already to listen to our shows, but think about joining premium. There is no commitment beyond the first month it's 99 bucks to have a poke around the library see if you like it you probably will and you'll probably stick around and if you don't it's literally the price of a steers burger and chips and maybe a cook it's a it's a good options trade the upside is very good compared to what you're investing yeah ghost i think you know that's a nice place to leave it one last point i really just want to want to stress out there is that do not be intimidated by the content you know we have subscribers who are students and we also have subscribers who are fund managers and hedge fund managers and CEOs of companies. So it's really an interesting community and it's all about the learning experience. You know, we don't say we have all the answers. We often engage with our subscribers directly and they come back to us and they say, hey, can you cover the stock? Or they come back to us and say, but you know, we think you may have missed this point in your analysis. All it does is it makes the overall experience so much richer because we can then incorporate that feedback in how Magic Markets Premium evolves over a period of time. So we certainly hope you've enjoyed this particular show. Go to magic-markets.com. Check it out. There is a library of 31 shows for you to go and have a look at. And we certainly think that there's something there that you may well find compelling. So we look forward to welcoming you inside Magic Markets Premium. Ghost, until next week, same time, same place. Thank you, Mo. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please, Speak to your personal financial advisor.